What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. We have a episode tonight where we're kind of going to just talk money. We realize as we're sitting here on YouTube shooting this with the chat that we haven't really talked about personal money goals or what we're doing with money. We we got into it over the winter, you know. JJ, we we did the we splurged. I was I was paying for a kitchen, and you were going to Hawaii, and we were spending all these money. And now those things are kind of behind us. I'm not working, so I'm not making an income right now. You're semi-retired, and I <laughs> I think we we just want to have a conversation. We're going to talk like we would if we were sitting at the at the bonfire drinking a couple beers. And we're just going to talk money. We have the chat here with us. And yeah, I think that's going to be good. If this is your new, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I hope we keep you around for the whole thing. My name is Brad Finn. I am joined now on episode 70 with JJ Buckner. How are we doing, bud? Big 7-0, dude. Yeah, we, we did skip a Friday episode and we were telling the people in the chat that we both have some personal stuff going on and... We didn't want to be held to this Monday, Friday schedule, Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday. And Mondays is our bread and butter. And we're kind of kind of get to a live stream, which has been about two hours every single week, and then cut it down to a Monday. And if a good Friday comes along, like kind of just going to go for it now and not feel the pressure. You can count on Mondays, but the Friday episodes, we kind of wanted to replace with these live streams that we're doing. And while we're on summer, like full disclosure, guys, this really is a hobby for us and we're having a great time and we want to keep it great. And I have a, you know, beach life over the summer and doing some traveling and JJ has whatever he does there in Missouri. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's why we missed a Friday and you can kind of expect that moving forward. But this was your idea, JJ. You're like, let's, let's just talk money, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, real quick about the Friday episodes. I want to let it be known that the just because the Friday episodes will be fewer and far in between doesn't mean that the voicemails will be fewer and far in between. When we get some good voicemails coming in, and we'll uh, we'll plug uh, maybe one or two or three of them in one Monday episode, and we'll do we'll answer those live on the live stream here on the YouTube channel as well. So. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good format. You know, we'll get to switch up Mondays from just our typical bread and butter stuff to you'll get some voicemails, you know, kind of mixed in there as well. And it, it'll be, it'll be a good time, but, um, yeah, man, what, what you got? Go ahead. No, because I, I just want to reference the fact that there are people there that haven't heard their voicemail yet and yeah, we haven't, true. we haven't scrapped them, you know, yeah. as we always say, like sometimes quality isn't good or sometimes it's just not relevant. Sometimes people just call and say hello and don't really ask a question or we don't know the question they asked. So if you're still waiting on that, they'll come. Like I said, we're not we're not ditching voicemails. We still want you to leave them. We're just going to incorporate them more into general conversation type podcast. We spoke last week about how since you've been back from Hawaii, we just we like just shooting the shit, man. Yeah, it's fun, dude. I mean, I feel like you get a little bit more realness out of it too. You know, it's not like we're it's just, we're going through a script here. We're just uh, we're literally having a Brad and JJ conversation around the bonfire. That's that's what we do. I like to, I told you earlier in the live stream before we start hit the record button is that I like hearing other people's goals. I like hearing it because I think it motivates me to maybe, I don't know, light a fire underneath my ass or something. I don't know. So I kind of wanted to hear what you got going on money wise. What are your goals? I'll tell you some of the stuff I got going on, what I'm working towards. I think I also want to talk about the net worth thing story I told you before here, you know, during the live stream about what I noticed from tracking my net worth. I do check it every month or update it every month. Uh, that was a huge, huge eye opener for me. Uh, what I noticed about the, the the net worth. So yeah, dude, I mean, I think it's also beneficial to people in the community too. get to hear kind of what you and I are working towards. And I want to hear everyone else's goals. You guys want to head over to the Facebook page or the Discord, join the Discord and links down below in the description for that or the show notes, whatever you want to call it on the podcast. <laughs> but it's just nice to be able to share those with people because I know most of us in our everyday life, we don't have people to like talk about that stuff and to be motivated with and to say, oh, dude, I got this goal I'm working on and you save up this for that or blah, 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 blah. In our everyday life, no one gives two shits about that. So, okay, let me ask you this then. Last time we really kind of talked about this, 
it was more like you said of the splurge stuff, you know, it wasn't necessarily goals, which I want to hit on some goals here too, but looks like you and Tara got most of the kitchen and stuff done, which looks amazing by the way. Thank you. Even though I think you probably put a little bit more work into it than what you thought originally. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to start in the same spot. Like the last time we really talked money goals, we were talking about splurging and I was going to ask this, like, did you go over budget in Hawaii? Or did you guys stay pretty pretty where you wanted to be? You know, um, we didn't really have a budget, man, to be honest, which that's like a, a sin saying on a financial money podcast. But did you get home and you were like, yikes? A little bit. Really? You know, yeah. Def- I mean, yeah, a little bit. Um, but Lindsay and I also told each other, we're like, you know, when we were on vacation, dude, like we're not in budget mode. Right. But being over there for five weeks, we had to be a little bit in budge mode because like when you're on a week's vacation, like how much can you really spend and hurt the, you know, hurt the pocketbook. But when you're over somewhere for five weeks, it's a lot easier to do those dinners out every single night that add up because you're on vacation and eating in an expensive area. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, there was some couple of conversations Lindsay and I had like, Hey, let's just maybe eat in the next couple of days. We've been, I've been hitting that, uh, swiping that credit card a little bit too much. Well, I'll answer your question. Yes, I went very over budget. <laughs> but I think this is worth noting too that like going over budget, I was hoping you were going to be like, yeah, we blew the doors off. And I'm not saying that I blew the doors off of the kitchen, but here's some things that happened with the kitchen and the bathroom. We had a number in mind. We kind of like laid it out. But we also gave ourselves like a little bit of wiggle room. And as we were making decisions, we had to make some financial decisions. And some of those were like, yes. And some of them were no. Other ones were, I had to say to the guy that was doing the work, like, hey, I want this done. And he was like, it's going to cost this amount. And I was like, what if I bang in a day of, of work and I get like most of it done? So I think... One thing I that happened, I and I told you this, I've called you venting about it a hundred times, is I did way more work on it yeah. than I thought I was going to have to. But I did that to, you know, be in a position to do things. Because there's also like, I'm not a designer. No, I remember saying, I'm like, dude, why'd you hire this guy? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I mean, like every time I called you, you're like sweating your butt <laughs> off in the bathroom, cleaning stuff up, pulling things, putting crap together. I'm like, I thought you hired somebody to do all My this. Ass, so did I. But <laughs> the one thing was too, like you're going to do the kitchen and the bathroom. You, you, if you've never done it before, you don't know. And then the guy would be like, oh, um, did you have you ever considered doing this? And you're like, I'll give you a great example. Like the little shower niche. I didn't know what the F he was talking about. Right. And my wife was like, huh? And then he like showed us a picture. Boom. Tara was on Pinterest all night long. And now we needed a shower. Oh niche. yeah. And I'll say it's great. Like it's the best little addition to a shower that when I go into what showers, the hell is a shower niche. So it's like it's like the built-in shelf. Oh, it's like a square okay. where like yeah, you yeah, can put yeah, all yeah, your yeah. bottles and stuff. As yep. opposed to what I used to have, which was like it was down on the corner of the tub, mm-hmm. or we'd have. I think you have one of those things in the corner that goes yep. like tub to ceiling. Yep. And that's how I always like lived. And then I didn't realize that when I went to like hotels and stuff that had shower niches, I'm like, oh, this is pretty dope. And I did definitely didn't know what it was called, but there were just things like that where he was like, Brad, I, I do bathrooms all the time like you should consider for a couple hundred bucks doing this so you should consider this type of shower head or you should consider this type of toilet or you should consider this type of vanity and then in the, in the closet and then in the kitchen it was like well you can have regular drawers or you can have those nice soft closing doors and you're like what's the difference in price and you're like then it gets to the point where you're like i'm spending forty thousand what's another thousand well dollars yeah right yeah and that happened a lot but it was okay and I didn't lose sleep over it because I did not go into any debt. And I, my wife and I, we said it to each other. Great point. We said this to each other. We said, hey, we can keep doing these additions, but this is the pool of money. This is the pile of money that we have. And when that's out, that's out. Because we, we were both very on board. We knew this was probably going to happen. We were both on board with 
here's what we're, here's our budget for this and we're not going to go over because we're not going to jeopardize vacations for fancy showers we're not going to jeopardize mm-hmm. gymnastics camp and beach camp and going to all these other places. We're not going to sacrifice our other money goals, which we'll talk about, just for a kitchen or a bathroom. All said and done, you got the updates that you wanted. Are you happy about all of them? Or are there some you're like, eh, we probably could, didn't have to have that? I don't think we did anything that I really thought was extreme. Like I, yeah. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, we didn't need to do that. But I'll tell you this, there was, we did know, like he showed us uh, for shower doors. Like we, we always thought we were going to do something like, we didn't know if we were going to wrap in glass. We didn't know what we were going to do. But when he showed us the different options and they were different price points, we said, Ooh, that's the one we want. And it didn't fit into our budget. So right now in my bathroom, it's just a tub where we just give our kids baths down there. I have another bathroom so we can shower there. But instead of going with something that we didn't necessarily want, we, quote, didn't finish the bathroom and now we're going to resave to get this shower door wrap glass thing that we want. But no, I don't think there's anything. Well, no, it's good though. It's definitely not done, but we kind of like ran out of money. We're like, oh, we need to save. Yeah. If we need the shower niche now, we're going to put that in, but that means that we're not going to get window treatments and that when we had our 4th of July party, we had to stuff a towel in the window so people could pee and the people in the pool couldn't see the people peeing. Yeah, we did that. Window treatments. <laughs> what do you call them? Blinds. <laughs> what? I feel like we've had... I just had deja vu. Yes, we have. We've, we've, we've talked about this before. Never heard of these damn things called window treatments. <laughs> we have had this conversation before. What are you doing? You gotta, you gotta take care of it, and <laughs> well, now you massage <laughs> it, and we treat it, and I mean, <laughs> I guess now, I guess now you know I wasn't trolling you last time when I said window. <laughs> that's what I call them. But oh my god, no, there was nothing that, um, there was nothing, there's nothing in there that I think was like over the top extravagant. I will say that like, here's some dumb shit that like we added that I didn't think like when you when you make everything nice and brand new, other stuff starts to like stand out. Yeah. So like I had no intention of like getting a new coffee maker, but then like my nine year old coffee maker <laughs> sitting on the counter. Like, I was like, Oh my God, I didn't realize how freaking grimy so this stupid. thing was. Yeah. So I spent 125 bucks and I got myself another cuisine art, like standard yeah. coffee maker that might have happened with the toaster oven as well. Oh, you got a new toaster oven. I did. Toaster oven. But I but here's the thing. When I told my brothers and all the other people in my life that YOLO money that I was going to get rid of my toaster, you got to get an air fryer. You're, oh yeah. You're going to You're going to upgrade and not get an air fryer? I'm like no, I'm like no. No, I'm not going to get an air I'm I'm going to get the I'm literally going to get the exact same toaster oven that I got for my wedding seven years ago because that's the one I know. I know the settings. That's you know how it works. Yeah. And that's what I got. Cool. But I've never done an air fryer. You've never had anything out of an air fryer? Uh no. I've never used one either. Down here, man, it's just all cooked in as much oil and lard as you can. <laughs> no, we probably do need to try an air fryer because I know a lot of Lindsay's friends have done it and there's no actual oil. It's just yeah, it's just I don't I don't know if it's like a compressed. I don't know how it works, nah, but yeah, it's a convection oven. It's just like really hot air being blown around. Yeah, makes everything crispy. Grant, yeah. Granted, stuff out of it's dope, but to me it's unnecessary. Like toast is toast. Everyone's like, oh my god, you have to have the the we make chicken, we make shrimp, and chi-. I'm like, dude, I I got a barbecue. Yeah, like I don't know, it just seemed excessive for me. But no, nothing. I would try it. But you did. I'm glad you brought this up because. Now that that's paid off and now like that's done and behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was your big splurge. So what's next? Like what's next? Yeah. You want to wrap up Hawaii? Like did, what did you guys talk about when you got home? Did you look at how much you spent while you were there or did you look when you got home or you just said, let's not look and move on? Uh, it was kind of a little bit of both, you know, cause like uh, we put all of our stuff on credit cards and I knew roughly what the trip cost going into it, you know, flights and whatnot. So I had an idea in my head. And then as I saw the credit cards kind of wrapping up, racking up in price and, you know, it was definitely way more than our usual credit card amount. Mm-hmm. Cause what we do is at the end of the month, I just do one big payment and pay off the credit card. And 
seeing where we were usually we usually at for a month at like day 14 or whatever i'm like Ugh, yikes it's a little it's not good to see so yeah i mean that's when i started telling Lindsay, i was like babe i know we're out here i know we're gonna be spending more money but like if we can just stay in a couple nights you know let's do some sandwiches on the beach you know let's save a little bit uh that helped i think a little bit but like no nah, dude like we didn't really like it was kind of what I expected. You know, it, it was what I thought we would spend for being over there for, you know, five weeks or whatever the hell it was. So I'm not mad, not upset. Uh, it was also one of those things too, where like we weren't going into debt for it, you know? Right. So it was, it was the cash we already had. And I had an amount allotted to spend roughly. And we came in right around that. I I don't really know if it was, you know, above or below to be honest, but, um, cause I didn't calculate every little thing, but I know roughly it was not too bad. I mean, more than I probably would have wanted to spend, but I know it was worth it. So what's next? What's your big expense? Do you have a big expense coming up? We don't have a big, ex- well, I guess the next big expense would be one of my like big goals. But as far as like pleasure type stuff, like we want to do another trip. Uh, we want to take the kids somewhere soon. I like to go to like, I want, I really want to go to like Tahoe, Lake Tahoe or like somewhere Northwest. I was looking at this little somewhere in Seattle. Uh, I forget what it was called. But anyways, we're trying to figure out where we want to go right now. We don't know, but we know we want to take another trip soon. We're probably, probably going to go for like a week, so it's not going to be nothing like Hawaii. Um, but we want to take the kids again somewhere else. Um, we're just not sure where. That's probably like the first real big pleasure, you know, personal type item that we want to spend money on. Yeah. But everything else, man, I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. Like our last like real big goal podcast, I talked about my, my main thing was the getting the mortgage paid off. Now that damn thing's gone. And if we're not spending a lot of money, like we're, we're just like, what are we, what are we going to do here, babe? You know, like, you know, and then of course, real estate's so damn high right now. And there's no deals to be found. I mean, there you can find them. It's just a lot of a har- lot harder. I'm just like, what do we, you know, what do we do? So like, dude, my biggest goal right now, my main focus, which again, this sucks too, is the stock market. My main goal is to get my Fidelity account up to a hundred K right now. I'm at a little over 40. I'm at like 43 something. So my number one goal financial wise is to get the Fidelity account to a hundred thousand dollars. And when I say that, I'm not saying I'm trying to grow it you know, I'm not trying to like buy the stocks and sell them and trade up to hundred K. I'm not doing that. I'm just talking about buying positions and keep adding enough money in every on a monthly basis to where I can build that account balance up to a hundred thousand dollars. And however much it grows until then, or if it doesn't grow and goes down, which I'm honestly hoping for, because that means stock prices are going to be a little lower Then I think that's my biggest one. It's just getting to more of the the brokerage account. But with me saying that, that kind of leads into something that made me choose that decision. And Brad, and you and I kind of talked this already in the live stream, but so as you all know, I track my net worth every single month. Brad, I think you do yours every quarter. I do. Tracked my net worth uh, about, was it the sixth? I did a, I always do it on like the 31st, 30th, or like the first or second. So a few days ago, tracked the network the wife was up here with me in the office and we were kind of just talking about things well guys i did something that i it's i don't know if it's a shock or what but to me it was kind of i never looked at my percentages i never really i was so focused on like growing the number up that i wasn't ever really focused on exactly what my percentages look like now obviously like my net worth's not like you know, I'm not over that million dollar mark yet. So I can get a general idea of like, okay, I got X amount of dollars when in real estate, I got X amount of dollars in cash. But whenever I'm looking at the numbers, just like when I look at how much cash I have in my bank account, I'm like, man, that seems like a lot. I just feel like I have too much cash in my account. Maybe I need to do something. So I'll start putting more into real estate or, you know, I'll put more into my stock account or whatever. Well, what I did is I did everything on a percentage. And how I did this was, is I so I have my line items, how my net worth spreadsheets, I have it in each line item for every asset. I have like my personal home. I have every bank account has its own line item. I have all of my stock accounts has its own line item, everything. So then I, in the cell next to it, I calculated my overall net worth for that month. 
And then I just divided each line item by that. And that showed me what my overall percentages was. And then I categorized them to real estate, cash, stocks, and uh, there's something else I can't remember. But anyways, I was looking at those overall percentages and I'm like, oh, wow. It was like eye-opening, man. I I realized two things. One, I don't have I don't have too much cash in the bank. If anything, I could even keep a little more in there. I think it was like I think I was under 10% in my cash position. And I was thinking with me like just looking at my cash numbers like everything that however how high everything is right now, stocks, real estate, everything, like I would feel comfortable being about 20, 25% cash. I really would. Let's say 20. So that tells me right away, well, hell, I may be better off just saving a couple more dollars and leaving it in the bank. And then whenever we I see an opportunity or something, I have that cash in the bank. I don't have to go sell off a couple of stocks or do whatever. So that was like my first real big eye opener. But then what led me to focus more on this 100K and fidelity was noticing that those goal percentages, my actually my stock amount, because I, I separated like retirement funds and like my just like typical brokerage accounts and those percentages. And I noticed that was relatively low compared to everything else. So I was like, well, maybe that's where I need to focus on that. Because I do that in my portfolio sometimes. Like when I'm looking at my stocks, I'm like, like for instance, Clorox is like my lowest equity position in the portfolio. I bought a couple more shares of that just to kind of bump up that equity a little bit. So now I'm like, okay, stocks are actually, and my taxable brokerages are actually pretty low on my overall net worth. So I want to focus more on that. So now my main goal right now is to get that fidelity up to 100K as soon as possible. It's funny too, because I always I always talk in percentages. And whenever I ask you, you're always like, ah, I don't know. Like Even when I'm like, I'm the guy that's like, my index funds are 80% of my net worth. My speculative investments are mm-hmm. 8% because I do that. And I was mentioning before we went live that I love the percentage game because it allowed me to make a, it's easier. I hate to use the word compare because I never compare my, well, I can't say that I, I, I'm human. I compare myself to other people. How dare you, Brad? <laughs> but when I look at, when I compare myself to other people to see how I'm doing, it's much easier to go by percentages than it is to go by a dollar. Can I now. say something on yeah. that real quick? And I I see, I totally get where you're coming from, but this just actually just popped in my head right here. The bad part about comparing yourself to people that you can compare yourself to are most likely doing what you're, they're supposed, you know, typically they are good people you'd want to compare yourself to because they're probably doing some things right. If you know roughly what their net worth is, but let, I mean, I know you would agree with me on this. Probably 90% of the people out there, they don't know what their net worth is, and you probably don't know what their net worth is either. So you're not really getting a good comparison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're comparing to like the elite level versus like if you just took your like 10 friends in your circle and then you guys compared everything, I bet you'd be looking at a lot not happier or a lot uh a lot better off than than most of them. I f- I feel like I use like inspired by and compare myself to interchangeably. Yeah. Like yeah. when I say like I compare myself to it's usually I'm inspired by somebody mm-hmm. and I think about like where they're at percentage wise and I think about it and I want I want to go back and touch on a couple of things that you mentioned um and and bring some personal experience into them. One the travel thing that you mentioned like my kids are at that age now where I can start to like bring them out, especially my, my oldest daughter. And I want to do that. And I feel so bad because you and I, we, we talk about this. It goes back to the Asheville thing. And selfishly, this is like the greatest time in the, the months of June, July, and August are why New Yorkers pay the property tax they do. So you were like, let's go to Miami. I'm like, dude, I'm on the beach right now. Mm-hmm. You're like, let's. I'm like, I'll go to the mountains now, but as soon as it gets cold again, soon you're gonna be like, let's go here. I'm done. I my 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 slogan for 2021 is I'll be there. So no, we we want. That's kind of like we we went to we're going to Denver and we want to do some things, and then I'm traveling for FinCon with you, and a bunch of other things are gonna happen. But the travel is definitely going to take. A, a pretty big priority. Um, as far as like money goals, I, we talked about this a little bit and it actually just came up in the chat as well. 
two questions. It's actually two parts. The first okay. one I want to ask you, because I don't know if you saw it, when you do your net worth, and I'll answer it right after I ask you this, when you do your net worth, do you are you talking JJ Buckner or are you talking the Buckners? The Buckners. Right. So I mean every I mean what's what's mine is hers and what's hers is mine. I mean I'll and that's full disclosure and if anybody was ever confused in my videos, when I talk about my net worth, I'm selfishly using the word my not ours. And like when I talk about my investments and when I talk about anything, that is Tara's umbrella, whether that's her retirement accounts and her brokerage accounts mm -hmm. and whatever, and mine as well. And so, I mean, maybe that's a cheat code. I don't know what that, what that, but yes, I, I'm married and I believe it's a that. cheat code until you have kids. <laughs> and the other one kind of that we talked about, and this is what I really want to, I want to talk about is we had a, we had a very long discussion last week i don't remember if i edited it out of the podcast or not i think i left it in about counting the house as equity mm. and we went back and forth and yep. the the one thing because it was good to have that talk and to hear other people's opinions yes but i still i still don't although i i see why it should be and why it's a great asset and how i have a heloc so it is making me money my goal is to get to that $1 million taxable brokerage. Like that's a major, major goal of mine right now. Not to say that like, as I said, not to downgrade anybody that use, I know you use your- 1 million in taxable brokerage or you mean 1 million in overall net worth, not including your home? I'm sorry, yes. Let me be more clear. Okay. Investment account, yeah, invested. I want a million dollars okay. invested in my Roth. And so once again, my Roth IRA, my wife's Roth IRA, my wife and I's four three Bs and four fifty sevens and all of our brokerage accounts. Like, I want I want one million dollars working actively for me daily, not like my house because I am pretty sure you use you consider your house as part of your net worth. Mm -hmm. And I I really go back, but but then again too, and and it was kind of laid I laid awake in bed that night thinking to myself like. There's that fraud piece of the millionaire, and then there's this. I went back and forth, and then kind of like Goodwill Hunting, I realized something, and I fell deep asleep, and I haven't thought about it since. It's not really that, it doesn't really matter that much. I think as long as you're consistent with yourself, mm -hmm. and you continue to update your money goals, I've changed my money goals and what I've considered you know, part of my net worth and, and not. So it's like when I counted my house of my net into my net worth, yeah, great. And that makes my net worth inflated or whatever word you want to use. But I personally just, I just, I'm not ready to do that, which has shifted, you know, one of my, you know, investment goals for this year. Yeah. It would be a stretch. We would need, we'd need a massive bull run again, but, um, I hope like a year from now, I, I want to have a million dollars invested working for me. Got it. No, that's good. I mean, and to be accredited, like to be an accredited investor, they don't count your home. If you want to go to like, to get actual, like go through the accreditation process to make like higher up investments or whatever the hell. Uh, Cause when I used to work at that fund, we can only have accredited investors go through us when we would like do marketing and stuff. Um, and we couldn't count their equity of their home to be uh, accounted as accredited. So, Another huge money goal that I have right now, I want to build up my cash position to a comfortable one year plus real estate. Like right now, if I had to buy a real estate property, that would jump it. That would deplete a bunch of my cash. Mm -hmm. And the reason I want to do that is because I used to love teaching so much and I don't know yet and it's yet to be determined if last year in COVID like scarred me for life. Like if I'll never be able to find that joy in teaching that I lost. Like it was, and I hate like to, if you're not a teacher, you're just like, dude, what the F are you talking about, man? You got off a beach today. You know, if you're a teacher, you understand how passionate you can be. It's not just a job. Like I love my students. Like I love them. Not all of them. But I love them. They <laughs> they enrich my life. You know, I have students 
that f- there's students in my discord that my discord members don't know about that like found me randomly and i'm like here's here's access to my discord like mm-hmm. like dude you were my chemistry teacher 15 years ago and i'm like you're old now <laughs> like let's have a wow. beer you know and this year was really really hard and i want to build my cash position plus some because i don't know if this will be my last year or not and the people at work will be like Brad, you've been saying it for a couple of years. You've been saying it. And it's true. I, I do say every year, like, this is my last year. This could be my... And that's the beauty of financial independence. So true, Because man. I'm not saying it as a threat. I'm saying it as, as soon as this isn't dope anymore, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. My wife is young. Uh, Carl Jensen, Mr. 1500, says, that, you know, the best, the best fire strategy is to have a wife that works, you know? And... So true. I can do that. So like the cash position is is definitely important to me. And I'm hoping that I go back and it's like nothing ever changed. And, you know, I can laugh and joke with the kids and I can share a bag of chips with them and things like that. Or like Well, let's be let's be honest too though, man. Like I know I know like on let's look at it on like a, a financial type perspective. You're not supposed to have all this cash in the bank, you need to have this cash working for you. La di da di da. But I'll be complete. I'll be the first one to say it. When I have more cash in the account, yeah. Even though I got all this money working for me, for some reason I feel good. There's, I feel just a little better. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but knowing that that cash is right there in the account, there's something about it makes me feel a little bit more safer. Yeah. But still, like I'd still be, you're still putting money in accounts and for investing or whatever. But just having that extra little cushion, you're like, oh, feels nice. The real reason that I want cash too is because I believe so much in the four percent rule, and I also believe that the markets will drop, and I don't want to have to touch that nest egg. Like, mm-hmm. my year of cash is to handle a year of the markets being down, and could the markets be down for ten years? Yeah, whatever. But. I if the markets dip and I'm trying to live off the four percent rule, I want to try and live off the one percent rule for a year, and deplete my cash and then build up my cash after that debacle or things turn around in the markets, and I don't need to touch that initial nest egg. Yeah, that's okay. That's like like you mentioned before. It's your insurance policy. My cash is my insurance policy. Mm-hmm. It's oh shit, I went over budget ten grand on the on the kitchen. It's not on a credit card. It's not here. It's not there. And could I have sold off some stocks to like make that happen? Yeah, but why? It's there's just no reason to not have a little bit of cash around. I have very little, and right now my cash it has a name. It's not just sitting. Like I like to be able to tell people if I need to buy somebody comes to me with a real estate deal. I like being able to tell somebody I can write a check for this amount. Yep. I can bring you this. I can write a certified check for you today for this amount. I don't have to wait for something to clear and then a process. And then I can write you that check today because we're learning right now in this market with real estate. If that's one of your goals, that's, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, that's a, you, if you have to wait for funds to clear, that could be the make or break. You know, we were, we were literally discussing with your real estate agent, like hours like mm-hmm. she's like, you need to let me know ASAP, and you're ringing my phone up. Like, hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. It's crazy. Another money call that I think came up in the chat as well. I said I was going to get to it. So many people I'm writing in the chat, like, I'll get there. I'll get there. Is consolidation of my brokerage accounts, and we talked about this a little bit in the episode, and how my dream and my goal of one day is to have one brokerage account. And I know that it will never happen, but it's it's getting out of control for me because as we just mentioned, like for every brokerage, for every Robinhood account I have, for every Weeble, Moomoo, Publix, my wife has one too, <laughs> you know, because whatever, like my challenge portfolio in M1, that's Tara's portfolio because I needed another brokerage. Yeah. And... I I wouldn't mind this year, or it's definitely a short term goal of mine. Like consolidating a lot of those. Yeah, I've been doing that. I have so public. I've sold out of everything, and I I'm waiting on some like rewards to go through. Uh, once that gets like approved and I can pull it out, I'm deleting that. 
Um, just be, and the only reason I'm doing that is because I know my main brokerage is Fidelity. That's like my, that's going to be the 60 year old JJ. I still have my Fidelity brokerage account with, uh, my Robinhood. I'll, those are my, so my top two will be probably Fidelity and Robinhood. Um, those are kind of my main focuses right now. Fidelity real quick, uh, fun fact here about Fidelity. I just did this. Uh, I opened up a Fidelity credit card. I get 2% or yep. what? I, I looked I, after you said it last week, I looked at it. It was 2%. So 2% cash back I get on all my, like, all my purchases. Fidelity automatically will turn those reward points, that 2% cash back rewards. They will automatically deposit that into my brokerage account. And I already put everything on my credit cards anyways. Right now I use Chase Sapphire, which is a $95 annual fee. And then I use Chase Freedom. I already told Lindsay, I said, once we get everything organized and like, because we've got a lot of like reoccurring stuff on our Sapphire card. Right. I'm taking that off and I'm going to put it on the Fidelity, which by the way is no annual fee to use. And then I'm going to be canceling my Sapphire card and I have to pay the $95 annual fee. I'll still have, to, we'll have, we still have quite a few points that we're going to use for travel. But I told Lindsay, I was like, I would rather be earning the cash rewards going to my brokerages that's going to actually earn me more money instead of just having reward points sit in an account, not doing anything, not making any money that I would rather just go buy the traveling whenever I get there, let my money grow and work for me on these reward points instead of just sitting in the account like they're doing now. And she was kind of on board for it. So that's what, that's our next goal. And I also got a Bitcoin credit card coming in that I'm excited for too. Yeah. The BlockFi one's not available yeah. in New York. But yeah, it sucks. I looked at that because after you said it last week, I was like, that's awesome. And I was, for the same reason that I want to downgrade my uh, brokerage accounts, I didn't open it because I have like, man, I have like 10 freaking credit cards. And I just do mm, not. See, I don't, I delete, I've canceled a few lately. Oh, see, I, I mean, the ones with no fees, I just keep them open because it's good for my credit score. But like, I have credit cards. I don't even like know where they are. See, that that would stress me the hell out. They're just like in my fire safe. But because I use right now, I'm a, right now I'm working hard on uh, my main like credit card is a Capital One Venture card, which does have a fee. And when that, that fee, that card's under a year old, the ones with fees I get rid of if they don't renew them. But like Capital One Venture card, they have like, they have cash back as well. And I guess I could, the way I was thinking is like, I guess I could take that money. I could take those rewards, turn them into cash, invest them. So I, I see what you're, where you're going. Kind of like when Bank of America did keep the change. They were the first one, kind of like Acorns does, mm. and like takes and rounds up and they put it in. You're getting that two percent, and I, I know I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite because I, I troll on people that troll on me for this. I'm thinking to myself like, how much money do I really put on a credit card every single year? And is it worth me having another credit card to have to juggle to get just 2% back in a brokerage, especially with the amount of money that I'm dumping in weekly to my brokerage account? Yeah. See, I mean, I use one or two credit cards for all my expenses. <clears throat> so I know I'll get the I'll get the rewards back. Isn't it the worst when you use a personal credit card and then you think later, shit, that was totally a business expense. Tax write off. I hate when I do that. I put my my business card like in the front of my wallet now because so many times I'm like, damn it, that was a write off. Just cr so what I've done is I just credit myself. So I'll I will transfer money from my business checking account directly to my personal checking and then the whatever that exact amount it'll say you go spend like thirty dollars on a dinner and it somehow was related to YouTube. Let's say it was thirty two eighty six. So I would go home and I would and I forgot to use my business credit card. I will trans I'll do a personal transfer from business to personal checking for thirty two eighty six. And in the memo I write uh credit back from using personal card for business use or whatever. And that's why it's that's why it took you five months to consolidate and reconcile all of your your taxes. Oh well, no, that's because I went a whole year of not keeping up with it. Now I do it on a monthly basis because I ain't doing that crap again. God dude, that was horrible. I really want to have like one brokerage account. Oh it's yeah. Do you have invest in hang on Brad go ahead. keep that in your head. Real quick plug here. We don't yeah. ever do this on the podcast. Guys, we got two affiliate links down in the show notes and the live listeners too. We got in the description. 
Uh, Brad's got his M1 Finance affiliate. Uh, I think you get like $30 or something when you open up an account with M1. So if you guys want to check that out, um, click that link down below in the show notes or the descri- description. And then I have mine with Moomoo. Uh, you can get a sign up, get your four free stocks. You have to deposit a certain amount of money. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but you can get your four free stocks doing that. Uh, I mean, it's just like I tell everybody on my channel, sign up, get your free money, get the free stocks. If you want to use the brokerage, try it out and use it. If not, sell the stocks, pull the free money out, and you got a nice little payday for the day. I used your link. I uh, put in a hundred bucks, which got me two stocks. But I have to. I have to wait for them to clear. I have to wait for the. I'm still waiting for the oh, bank okay. transfer thing to clear. Got it. It says pending. Okay. But yeah, dude, I took. I used. I use your stock. I use your. Uh, Hopefully, you get the Google, dude. I can't believe I got Google. See, but like in the terms and conditions, it says like up to a thousand dollars. So I don't know if yours was like an affiliate one that. Oh, oh did you get that it was much an affiliate more? One. Yeah. Yeah, because mine says up uh, up to a thousand dollars. Now, granted, I'll take a thousand dollars. Heck yeah, dude! I know somebody messaged me on Instagram and they said they got uh, I think it was like sixty something dollars worth of stocks. I mean, it's sixty bucks for nothing. Take Just it. Sign up. Get out if you don't. Like yeah, it. yeah. How are you handling putting money into the markets? Do you have like, you know me? I'm pretty regimented. Mm-hmm. I, I like to put money in every single week and. Yeah. Deploy. I'm an M1 finance guy. Uh, I like just putting it in and knowing it. Do you put money in when you have it? Do you have an amount of money you like to put in every month? Are you like are you a lump sum guy? Are you a dollar cost averager? How are you handling like putting money into investments? Because you mentioned like the hundred thousand dollar goal. Are you able to say I have X amount in my account? I know I can put in this amount of money every single month. I should be at a hundred thousand this day. So right now I don't have a plan at all, to be honest, man. I don't put in a certain amount every month. Uh, I don't have like a reoccurring investment going in, which I've thought about doing that. I've thought about setting a certain amount of dollars just to automatically go in like the first of the month or something. So I'm trying to, I don't really have a good way. I, I, it's really of just a, it's, it's one of two ways I do it. If I have the extra cash in the account, I just throw it right in the fidelity. That's right. So that's the first place it goes. See before, but how often are you checking that? Like when are you saying to yourself, Oh, I got some extra money in the account when I get paid. Okay. <laughs> you know, when I get it, when I get a sponsorship deal paid out or when I get YouTube ads, get my check, you know, on the 21st, every month I get, that's usually when I'm like, okay, I got some, I got some more cash in the bank now. What am I going to do with this? And usually it's deploying some of that into the uh, fidelity account. Yeah. Because with your career, like your income is not consistent. Not at all. It's hard for you to make consistent investments when I will say that is very, very like good for me. We got to a point this year where pretty much my teaching salary and Tyra's teaching salary were pretty much savings. And Mm -hmm. we were pretty much living off of side income and all passive income streams, which I probably do to make a video on that pretty soon. But so I knew like what my paycheck was every Friday. Yeah. So you knew exactly what you could put in and yeah, exactly. And I knew that it was not an issue. So I print, and that was one of the things that I love too about M1 finance. Like I knew that I got paid at midnight on Friday and at nine 30 on Friday, it was going to take all my money and it was going to put it in there. If you had a more structured like uh, getting paid, if you had like biweekly or weekly paychecks, do you think you would be more regimented on automation or are you just by nature like a flight, like fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy? I go back to when I was working construction and I think I was still putting money in just whenever I felt like it. Because usually I was putting money in whenever I would see something I want to purchase. You know, because like my Roth and stuff like that, I would, you know, that was kind of either a lump sum or a just, I knew I had my $500 a month going into that. So everything extra was going into the brokerage. So I would say if I had more of a, you know, exact amount of money coming in every week, yeah, it'd probably be nice to know that like, okay, I'm going to put 50% of my check in this account. Right. That's what I'm going to do. But I also still know myself and I like those when I'm looking for something and I see something I want to purchase, I like being able to, to throw that money over and be like, okay, Let's do this. Let's let's throw two grand in the account on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to make this purchase or whatever it is. Along those lines, 
and along those lines of your eyes being open with the percentage of your net worth, mm-hmm. how are you choosing where to deploy your money? And do you look like I look at percentages, uh, my percentages in index funds, my percentage in growth stocks, mm-hmm. my percentage in dividend stocks. How are you managing that? So my retirement accounts are almost, I would say around 90% are in VTSAX. Right. All my, it's, it's my Roth, my wife's Roth, my wife's 401k, my old 401ks, all that. As far as my taxable brokerage accounts go, I'm trying to get a position built up in VTI to be uh, overall 50% of the taxable brokerage. Okay. So if I get 100000 in this Fidelity account, I want around 50000 of it to be in VTI. I want the other fifty k to be in individual stocks. And then when it comes to growth and dividend stocks, it'll be more of, I don't know, man. It really just depends on what I buy. Like I'm really trying to focus on dividends and getting that income boosted up for the uh, uh, portfolio. But if I find some good deals on some growth, growth stocks, then I'll, I'll be buying those as well. I'm not too worried about the difference between dividend and growth. Right. It's more along the lines of what do I see as a good buy at this time? How did you come up with the 50% VTI? I don't know. Just felt right. Just felt right. Go with you guys. I just felt I just felt right. Like, you know, usually you can't beat the market every single month unless you're just some legendary investor like like Warren Buffett or whatever. And I don't think I can beat the market every single year. So I think a good chance for me is I know 50% of my portfolio every single year will track the market. And the if I and the other 50% of my portfolio, if I think I got a good chance I can beat the market on a consistent basis, then I feel comfortable enough testing that with 50% of my portfolio. And right now, for the past, since I've been really tracking how I've done to the, to the uh, like S&P 500, I've beat it every year. And then Fidelity, what I, what I like about this with Fidelity is in their performance tab, it compares you to all the major indexes. Yeah. So you'll see on like a month basis, a day basis, a month, I think a three month, a year to date, a year and five year, and then 10 years. And you can they compare your percentages of your portfolio return versus all you know SP 500, Dow Industrial, Dow Jones, all that. So then I can see how I compare to those percentages and those percentage returns. And right now I'm out beating them by like three percent or something like that. And that's you said just in your brokerage accounts, right? Not in your in your uh, yeah retirement, retirement accounts are all are majority all in. Yeah, because somebody mentioned they have their uh, Roth IRA maxed out and they they were deciding growth or dividend. I personally don't put individual stocks into my IRAs or I, I put all index in there. I don't even want to think about that stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much how I am. I did buy some. So I have I actually have, I don't think I've told anybody this yet. I have a, quite a big position in my SEP IRA in Google. Okay. Yeah, so that's like one of those like stocks I feel like will outperform the market over time. So I in my SEP IRA, which is a newly formed retirement account of mine, I probably have around 40% of that portfolio in Google. Really? Yep. Google. Yep. You can Google it. You can Google it. It seems like we're kind of both in a spot where things are good with money. We don't have many I don't have many worries right now when it comes to money. Yeah. I kind of mentioned today in my video, I tried to make it so clear. It's so hard making options videos and making it quite clear mm. that I am not an options trader. Yeah. <laughs> I know a ton about options. Yeah. I know how to mitigate loss. I know how to do it with a small portfolio. I know how to do it safely. It is a hobby for me. Well, I was going to say, you, I mean, I guess you could still say you're an options trader. You're just, uh, it's just a hobby. Are you, you know, like, you, I guess you're not a full time, like, I'm not an op. You know, I'm not the guy sitting at the computer every morning waiting for the market to open. Options trader. It's why I still refuse selfish, or I'm I'm very really thick headed on like I couldn't care less about technical analysis and charts. Yeah, same for that reason because same. I feel like if I ever got to that level, that's that's not where I want to be. Me neither. It's good stuff, dude. Good to get good to get some stuff off my chest. Well, and it's not. I mean, I don't ever really get to just have these conversations. It's usually with you if they are. That's why we started the damn podcast. So it's nice to hear, you know, what other people are doing and and what me, like you said, get stuff off your chest on on what I'm working towards and what I want to accomplish over the next few months. So hopefully, 
hopefully uh, a few months down the road, I'm talking to you about, oh, I got that Fidelity account up to 100K. I want that six-figure taxable brokerage, dude. Yeah. Like I mentioned with like not counting my house, like that's just, you want 100K in your taxable brokerage account, not not all of your investments. No, 100K in my taxable brokerage account. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, see, and I ha- that's like the consolidation thing for me. And I, I love having things like personal capital where it like shows everything and where it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, I just feel this imposter syndrome of YouTube again. Like right now, I want to make a portfolio video and talk about it but it's like it, my stuff is just it looks like it looks like a firework went off yeah. it's like 10 grand here 10 grand here 12 grand here 5 grand here this is my wife's account for 3 grand it, like yeah that's what stressed me out though dude with doing net worth i had all these different accounts that i was keeping track of and i had to go log in i haven't looked at it you know in, in a month cuz until i looked at my last net worth update i'm like why do i even have this money in here i'm not even using it why don't i just put all this into my one account that I know is going to be my long-term account fidelity and just put it all in there. And I, I, so the only one I do have money coming in every month is Weeble from affiliates. So what I do with that is I just sell it. I just sell it right away. And I put that money in fidelity and then Moomoo. Now I'm starting to get some affiliates coming with that. Now that my affiliates with Moomoo are coming in as of right now, I actually haven't sold any of the stocks, dude. They're all good. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, maybe I just keep this in here until this account gets built up to 10 grand or something. And then I may sell or transfer, uh, do a transfer to my Fidelity account, keep those stocks. Maybe I don't know. Um, so it's like, I guess it's not a bad problem to have when you're like, oh shit, I got this money all over town. Yeah, no doubt. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go around and clean up all my money everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, we have a, we have some questions in the chat that are a little like outside the topic of yeah, this yeah. Um, that I would love to get to. So maybe we'll wrap this one up and yeah, man, hundred, hundred K it's the hardest. And we mentioned a couple weeks back when you get there, that's, that was like in our aha moments episode when, when we hit a hundred, when I hit a hundred, how fast I went from 100 to 200 was effing sick. So yeah, it's crazy. I'll clap. I'll clap for you when you Thank win. You. And, uh, Maybe depending on when it's going to, I mean, we, we love to celebrate wins and like you have, you, that's a big deal. And then maybe, hopefully maybe we'll be able to like do a joint, like hundred K Brad Finn subscribers and a hundred K in your taxable brokerage account party, like the hundred K party. I don't know where you're at, but I, I just hit 82. So I think I'm flying up to New York for that one because it's hot as balls down here in Missouri, Missouri. I, borderline beg you to come here every single day i feel <laughs> i feel empty without you yeah i do need to make dude it's so fun up there man i love it i want to go over the city though when when next time i come in well you said when you come your your wife's gonna go yeah all right buddy let's uh get the heck out of here thank you guys so much for listening sorry about the friday thing like i said we just we're, we're not lazy we're just we're just living the good life that's right voicemails aren't going anywhere yeah keep leaving voicemails the link is still there and uh we'll get down we'll get down to the i don't even know oh they're in the description yeah all right guys take care